0: Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. The last four weeks, we've been unpacking Isaiah forty thirty one, leaning into what it means to wait on God. The truth is, in the kingdom of God, one of the most important things we can learn to do is wait on Him. Today, on Bricklayer's Offering Sunday, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. shares how we respond in the wait in this message, Who's Waiting on Who? To discover how you can be a part of Accelerating the Vision, visit vuchurch.com vision. Now let's lean into the message together.
1: This is really one of those sort of unique Sundays. It only happens one time a year at Voo Church. Certainly not a Sunday uh, for the masses or for the spectators. This is a Sunday for the participators, those that are planted in this house. It is our Bricklayers Offering Sunday. And uh, once a year, we as a church, we end the year. We end the year in expectation by putting a seed in the ground. We're putting our finances to actually into a place of worship. And we're believing as we start 2024 that we are gonna start the year with execution. We're gonna start the year actually seeing all the things that God's put in our heart. And there are so many things on the horizon here at VU Church. If you haven't heard the news, uh, we are purchasing 100,000 square foot property, nine acres in Miami Gardens. We're launching our fourth location, our fourth location in January. And uh, those of us who've been on the journey know we've come uh, a mighty long way. And so at the end of this message today, I'm gonna ask that nobody would leave, but we would really stay to the very end of the dismissal because uh, we're going to worship God with our finances. And if you're a guest, you're a no obligation. But if you love Food Church, I think this is a day that everyone Everyone who loves Vu Church, this is a day that we would participate. Um, It's never about equal amounts. It's about equal sacrifice. That's how you build a good community. People are on different places in life financially, but we all play our part by giving something. And so uh, before we get there, let me just read a couple verses. And then uh, let me deliver this word that God's put in my heart. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. The scripture says, Therefore... The Lord waits to be gracious to you. The Lord waits to be gracious to you. And therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed, someone say blessed. Blessed are all those who wait for him. Blessed are you if you, if you wait for him. And today as we come around a close of this collection and this, really this vision, I think prophetic statement of wait, I want to preach my final message in this collection. And I've titled today's talk, Who's Waiting on Who? Who's waiting on who? In fact, look at your neighbor, say neighbor. Who are you waiting on? Look at your other neighbor, say other neighbor. Who's waiting on who? (laughs) Who's waiting on who? It's It is our tradition that we end the year with a a vision statement, and this year, it's at all of our locations, you see this W8. Uh, We just hit our eight-year anniversary, and uh, eight is the number of new beginnings in the Bible. Uh, But by definition, the word new means unused. I don't know about you, but I've been used in life, and so I, I can't get over the fact that I've been used, but just because I've been used doesn't mean I have to become stale. Hello, can I get an amen right there? Just because you've been used in life doesn't mean that you have to become stale in life. I'm declaring at Voo Church that it's a fresh start. Come on, somebody. It's a fresh start. And so whenever I see that eight, all of a sudden I go, okay, it's a fresh start. But Don she was preaching about it a couple of weeks ago. That eight also becomes binoculars. (laughs) Because when I begin to view the world with vision, vision is a powerful, powerful thing because it's a brand new lens at how you see your situation. It's a brand new lens at how you see your circumstance. The Bible says without vision, the people throw off restraint. Meaning that if you don't have vision for your future, you're never ever gonna actually begin to walk out a life of discipline. And so here at Voo Church, we look through the eight because we're discovering that we can have boundaries, we can have discipline, because we know where we're headed. But the best part is it's not just binoculars. Come on, somebody. It's the infinity sign. Because this vision that God has given us is not a temporary vision. Come on, this is an eternal vision. We believe that we are living for something bigger than ourselves. And I love this Sunday. I'm telling you what, this Sunday to me throughout the entire year is a massive one. Because on this Sunday, people show up and they do more than sing songs, they do more than attend church, they actually begin to put their money where their mouth is. Let me just tell you, on Bricklayer Sunday, the devil hates when people start to get a vision and actually show up and sow financially. He hates it, why? It's because commitment always precedes resources. And when a community gets so committed to say, I'm not just gonna commit to showing up next Sunday. No, I'm gonna commit that we might purchase properties. We might build buildings. What we're doing is we're putting a stake in the ground. And long after we're all gone, there's gonna be properties and buildings right here in the city of Miami that are heralding the gospel and the good news of Jesus. I'm telling you what, something powerful is about to happen today. I've just learned, I've just learned that the devil hates this Sunday. I've just seen it, man. Last Sunday, I gave maybe the most vulnerable message I've ever given in the history of our church. I told you about my father who is dealing with blood cancer. I told you about the fact that we were not planned to buy this property, but we're trusting in God's timing. We didn't go looking for it. We're just waiting on God. And man, when you step out like that kind of faith and you start rallying people around that, the devil, he don't like it. He don't like it one bit. He's cool with you showing up every once in a while. He's cool with you being a part of the Christian club. I met my friends. He likes all that. He's fine. But you start actually sowing seed for generations to come, all hell starts to break loose. I've just already seen it in my life this week. My little boy, Wild, four years old, he lives up to his name. His name is Wild. Would you believe it this week, man? He's up on the monkey bars doing what Wild does. My man fell from the monkey bars. And fractured his elbow. I'm like, devil, you are a liar. But what I love is check check out. Well, this is this is wild. Coming out of the doctor's room, you got to see this. Check this little video. out. Do we have this little video, guys? Look at my man. <laughs> man, you look good, bro. How you feel? What do you want to give I Ice cream. <laughs> Come on, somebody, make some noise for that guy. You got, do you got a picture of Wilde in his, in his sling? Yeah, yeah. Look at my man. That's a swagged out sling right there, bro. Can't steal my joy, devil. He tries to distract us. Check this out. On Friday, my sister-in-law, Blair, her and Dakota, they pastor here, the next generation. We had a, a record-breaking night at Vuhai on Thursday. Yeah, come on, let's give it up for all the parents. They were. They were there preaching the gospel on Thursday night, Friday they woke up, Blair is due December 22nd, but all of a sudden she started going into contractions on Friday morning, and when they took her to the hospital, they all of a sudden had to put her under for an emergency C-section. She wasn't even conscious for the birth. I'm telling you what, the devil's trying to mess with us, but I want to bring good news today. Not only is Blair healthy, but they gave birth to our newest member at Voo Church. Come on, this is Dakota Jr. Come on, somebody. He's in NICU right now, but I'm telling you what, we're going to wait on God. I'm just saying this stuff because the greater the vision, the greater the opposition. And so I have come in here today, bold and full of faith, believing that there might be great opposition in front of us, but all it is to me is an indication that we are headed in the right direction. God is getting ready to do something. I don't know about you, but I, I feel it in my spirit today. Today is a historic Sunday at Voo Church. We have been gathering around this word, wait. Someone say, Wait. And we've been teaching about this word because it's all throughout the scriptures. And if you're gonna follow Jesus, one of the most powerful principles that you will ever learn in the kingdom of God is learning to wait on God. You're gonna have to learn to wait on God. It's just, it's powerful. It's not our timetable, it's his. I'm training for this marathon and every week I gotta bring you an update because it's part of my accountability. And come on, I just, I'm just like that guy, you know? And so uh, this week I've been, I've been increasing my mileage And it's been a really, really wild week because out of all the weeks now, 10 weeks of training, this week in particular, my legs have been more sore than ever before. Like, I'm talking about hurting and, you ever like gone to the gym and you worked out and you're like, oh, I didn't even know I had that muscle. (laughs) I got like 17 muscles from my feet to my hips I didn't even know about all this week. And I was running with my my, my trainer, Bijan, that makes me laugh um he's my good friend actually but uh we we're running i was like kind of complaining I'm like, bro man my legs hurt and he goes rich he goes have you been going to the weight room i said nah bro i'm, I'm running right now i don't need to go do that too he said bro that, that that's your problem you, you you've got to continue to work out and you've got to continue to lift weights I, I, I said dude that doesn't really make any sense why would i need to lift weights if i'm just trying to run long <laughs> But what Bijan began to speak to me is what every great coach does for any good athlete. I don't care what the sport is. I don't care what the competition is. Every great coach forces their athlete to go into the weight room. Why would that be? Why would I need to go to the weight room in order to run long? It's because what you learn is that it's not just about stamina. You're gonna need more than stamina. Strength is required. Strength is required. How many of y'all know that God is the greatest coach we have ever witnessed? And just like a coach, God puts you and I into the weight room. W-A-I-T. And the reason why he puts us into the weight room is because what he has designed for you in your life, it's going to require much more than just stamina to go the distance. You're going to actually have to begin to produce strength. That's why the Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. You might be in a waiting season right now, but you need to change the narrative. What you're really in is you're in the gym of faith. You're in a weight room right now because he's getting you stronger. You're getting stronger while you wait. Someone say, I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger while I wait. I think the big thing that we have to get into our hearts is while we wait, don't get discouraged while you wait. Someone say, don't get discouraged. It's so important that you don't get discouraged while you're waiting. Why? Because the longer the wait, the bigger the miracle. The longer the wait, the bigger the miracle. Would you believe it? That when an elephant gives birth, it takes an elephant two years. But on the contrary, a dog can get pregnant and give birth within 62 days. In fact, when a dog gives birth, a dog can give birth up to five to eight puppies in one birthing. An elephant can only give birth to one elephant in two years. But can you just imagine the conversation between a dog and an elephant? Dog's like, yo, what, what's the deal? What, you, what, what are you doing? Are you gonna never give birth? And the elephant's like, well, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting, you know, and the dog keeps coming back and forth and the dog could show up. In a two years time, the dog could have had 30 puppies. Dog's like, yo, I don't think you're pregnant. You haven't given birth. You haven't given birth to nothing. The difference is, is that this dog can have a litter of five to eight puppies. And in two years time, there can be 30. But at some point the elephant would have to say back to the dog, I know it doesn't look like I'm pregnant. But the actuality is, is that what I'm carrying is different. What I'm carrying is not small. What I'm carrying is unique. What I'm carrying is not common. Come on, somebody. What I'm carrying is big. And in order to deliver this big thing, it's going to take longer. Come on, if you're in the weight room today, I need you to give God some praise. Don't give up. It's going to be worth the wait. What God is bringing forth in your life is bigger than what you thought. It's bigger than what you imagined. I can go back through my life, and at times we can be in scenarios and situations, and we can say, my situation is not changing. Friend, if your situation is not changing, it's okay. You're changing. Don't give up. It's going to be worth the wait. Go back through the Bible. Notice that the fathers of our faith, they were all men of God who had to wait I was thinking about Abraham this week, the father of our faith. My man, Abraham, in the Bible, the scripture says in Genesis chapter 12, God comes and gives him a promise that he's going to be a father. But yo, Genesis 12 to Genesis 21, it's fascinating because it just takes you a couple minutes to flip from Genesis 12 to Genesis chapter 21. But every flip of the page, as quick as it was for you, was actually quite slow for Abraham. Because every flip of the page represented years and years of this man waiting on a promise from God. How many years? 25 years to be exact. That's 300 months. That's 1,300 weeks. That's 9,125 days of waiting for a promise from God. The father of our faith was a waiting man. His faith was a waiting man. Kind of faith. And so it is with you and I that we have to have a waiting kind of faith that I'm going to actually lean in and believe. You study Abraham's life, it's from his 70s and then to his 80s and then to his 90s. He waited. He, he, he moved from Haran to Canaan to Egypt and back. And all the while he he kept waiting. He, he, he began to grow old in his body, and he watched his wife begin to grow gray and old, but he kept on waiting. How many of y'all know God could have given Isaac earlier, and God could have also given the promise later. But that's not how God worked. Instead, God gave him the promise in Genesis chapter 12, and then he put him into the wilderness of waiting. Why? Because it's God's training room, and he was preparing Abraham, and it was God's good and perfect plan. And if Abraham had to wait, you're going to have to wait. Noah had to wait 120 years. Jacob had to wait 20 years. Joseph had to wait 13 years. All of a sudden, David, he had to wait 12 years. Moses had to wait 40 years. Jesus had to wait 30 years. Come on, if you're waiting today, you are in good company. Don't stop waiting. God is getting ready to bring something about in your life. Take about five seconds and give him praise today.
0: Woo! Woo!
1: I've been waiting a while for this one. I've been waiting a while for this one. If you've been waiting for a while, don't give up in the weight. You got to get stronger. You don't just need stamina. You need some strength. My legs got to get stronger if I'm going to run 26 miles. It's not just about my heart rate. I got to build some muscle. And so it is with you and I. What is absolutely amazing about God, that what you'll study about God, is that anything that God commands you to do, understand that more often than not, what he's commanding out of you is something that he already bears in his nature. Jesus, in fact, never tells you to do something that he himself isn't willing to do. By the way, that's a really good principle for the leaders in the room, and that's a good principle for those that are following leaders. Never follow a leader who's not willing to do what they're telling you to do. And also leaders never give a command that you yourself are unwilling to do. Today is Bricklayer's offering. And I'm not just asking you to give an offering. My wife and I, we looked at our finances and we're bringing an offering because I'm not gonna ask you to do something that I myself am unwilling to do. The Bible, as we begin to study it, what you find out about your God is that your God is a patient God. His very nature is one of patience. What a wild thought that as God commands you to wait, he himself knows about waiting. In fact, our opening text right there out of Isaiah chapter 30, the scripture says that the Lord, he, he waits to be gracious to you. It starts there, but then it ends with a blessing that you will be blessed if you wait on him. I love it because God is waiting on you to see if you'll wait on him. God is waiting on you to see if you'll wait on him. Look at what second Peter says. I read a part of the scripture last week. Let me put it more into context now. Second Peter chapter three, verse eight. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, someone say instead. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, But everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. That when God does return, it's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye. He's going to come in right when you least expected it. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. This is a powerful passage. Because what the scripture is saying is that God is waiting on humanity to repent. The reason why Jesus hasn't come back yet is not because he's slow, but rather it's because he's patient. He doesn't want one of his kids to perish. And so we're all down here going, God, please return. And God's just saying, if I can just get one more, I'm going to wait a little while longer. I'm going to wait and be patient. Now some of y'all need to get excited because you know he waited on you. Come on, you know he was patient with you. I know you've been going to church now, and you know all the rhetoric and all the Christianese. You know when to lift your hands. You know when to sit down. You know the calendar. You know the flow of services. But there was a day, if you can go back, where you look just like the world, but aren't you grateful for a God who was patient with you, who waited on you, who loved you, who held the door open for you, who said, I'm not coming back until you meet me. Somebody ought to give God praise that he waited on you. Long before you, looked the way you do now, he was waiting on you. May we be a church that waits on a broken city. May we be a church that keeps the door open. May we be a church that we would give and serve and worship, waiting on a city to be turned upside down. God is so patient. God waits on his kids. That's different right there. God is different. I don't know what your parents were like. I love my mom and my dad. They didn't believe in timeout. They believed in knockout. God bless you, dad, if you're watching. (laughs) And we would get in the car. We had to go somewhere. There was many times that I would sit in that car waiting on mom and dad. But there was a rule in my house. Boy, if you're not in the car, when I'm in the car, you better find another ride. My parents, they expected me to wait on them but they were teaching me from a young age, we will not wait on you. God's different. God's different. You see, there's some things in life that you just can't wait on. Like for instance, maybe you've been in this collection and all of a sudden tomorrow, you have a brand new job interview. You can't like show up late to the job interview, like where were you? Waiting on God. (laughs) You're not getting a job. If you got a court date on Tuesday, hello, you'd be surprised by all sorts of folks in the church. You got a court date on Tuesday (laughs) and the judge expects you at 1 PM, bro, you can't roll in at 3.30 going, I was waiting on God. They're going to put you in jail, bro. (laughs) There's some things, hear me, hear me, hear me. There's some things you can't wait on because you can't afford, listen to me, to be late. I was telling you about Dakota and Blair at the start of this message, and let me just kind of give you a little bit more about the story because um, I came in for my morning run. I'm a runner, and um, <laughs> this is gonna happen all the way through January, so just get used to it. I came in for my morning run, and Dawn Shree is at the dining room table, she said, Rich, she said, Dakota and Blair are, about, are going into labor. The doctors have called her in. They're gonna induce her. She goes, I- I'm rushing out the house right now. I'm gonna go and be with them and help them get out of the house and-, and pray with them. She goes, can you get in the car? And I'm like, girl, like my heart rate and like I'm sweating. I was like, I was like you go, I'm gonna be right behind you. And so uh, I went in, I showered and you know how you do. I just put my makeup on and did my hair, <laughs> Kitty. And um, I-, I-, I got ready and um, I text Dakota. I said, Dakota, I'm on the way to your house. Um, I-, I can't wait to see you, I'm so excited. And so I started driving to his house, it's about a, it's about a 20, minute, 20 minute drive. And um, as I'm about three minutes away, I get a text from Dakota. He says, man, I'm just now seeing your text. We already left, I'm sorry, we can't be late. Now, how many of y'all know, I wasn't like, oh, okay. Okay, you, you, don't, you don't want your pastor to pray for your, for your wife, okay? Oh, you don't want my last bit of counsel? Okay, okay. You don't want my blessing? Okay, okay. No, it's quite the contrary. I never had that thought one time, why? Because they were due. And when you're due, you can't afford to wait because you just can't be late. I wish I could get it into some people's hearts on this Sunday. This is more than an offering. This is a wake up call for many of in your life. The Bible says, do not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time. Another translation says for in due season, in due season, you will reap a harvest. Someone say I'm due. Some of you don't realize that you are due a harvest, but if you keep waiting, you're gonna be late for the delivery. And this is a great Sunday to wake yourself up and say, I'm sorry, I, I just can't wait any longer. I can't wait continuing to run from my calling. I I, I can't wait not becoming a person of integrity. I can't wait hesitating to be a purpose of generosity. Come on, somebody. I I just can't wait keeping one foot in the world and one foot in the church. I just can't wait any longer. Someone say I'm due. See this scripture in 2 Peter, what it's saying is, is that God's salvation is due for humanity. It's due. It's delivery day. That's what we're doing, that's what the little while is. I know it's Sunday and it's Basil week and you got this man up here in a Canadian tuxedo screaming because it's really important. This is about the lost being found. This is about the dead coming back to life. It's due season for the church. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And salvation is due. It's delivery day. So listen to me loud and clear. God loves you. And God is for you. But God says his salvation is due. He will not wait forever. He's more patient than most of us. He's more gracious than most of us. But he will not wait forever. Who's waiting on who? Who's waiting on him? Because I love church, but church people get funny. Church people can be, you know, blaming God for their stuff. Yeah, I'm just waiting on God. Really? I wonder, more often than not, how many times we say that, but in actuality, God's waiting on us. My my little girl, Waylon, she's so cute. (laughs) Two years old, she's in swim lessons, and she's getting really, really good, but... The other day, we were at the pool, and she's there on the edge of the pool, you know, just standing up there. And I'm in the water, you know, come on, come on, Waylon. She's up there, and some people around the pool deck are going, she, she's waiting to jump. <laughs> she's waiting to jump. Well, that's cool. I wish she would realize that I'm waiting to catch her. And some of you, that's where you live your whole life. I'm, I'm waiting to jump. Oh, my God. Waiting on God. I'm just waiting to jump, just waiting for God. God's like, I've been in that water calling you by name, saying you can jump in, you can give me all of you. Are you waiting to jump? Well, he's waiting to catch you. He will catch you. Are you waiting on God or is God waiting on you? Because he says salvation is due. I don't think our church is the greatest church. I certainly don't think our church is the best church, but I want our church to be a church that jumps. I want our church to be a church that says, God, you do not have to wait on us. We will wait on you, but we understand we're not gonna make you wait on us. Who's waiting on who? Who's waiting on who? I'm I'm just waiting for some things to get right, really? Who's waiting on who? I want us to be a church that understands there's a blessing in waiting on God, but could maturity be going, God, you will never have to wait on us. I could preach a lot of different ways, but there's just three basic things today as we come to a close. That if you're a follower of Jesus, I'm just talking to the followers today. If you're a follower of Jesus, three things that God should never have to wait on from you. Number one is worship. I don't care what you're going through right now. I care about what you're going through, but I'm using that. Hello. <laughs> this is the worst pastor ever. <laughs> Back to your doctor saying that. I don't care how you feel, you know. I mean, better way to say it. Regardless of what you're going through, it's never an excuse not to worship God. You worship, we wrote a song, you worship God in all seasons. It's always a good time, all the time, every time, till the end of time. It's always a good time to praise you. So when Wilde breaks his elbow, we worship God. When Blair has to go into an emergency C-section, we worship God. When dad gets a diagnosis of myelofibrosis, and all of a sudden we as a church who are trying to build a $30 million building in South Miami, all of a sudden have to now also purchase another property in Miami gardens. Instead of worrying, we worship. We praise God in advance. And Some of us in the room, we don't know the weapon of worship. Worship was never designed to be the thing that you do after the victory everything about worship is to be utilized before the victory last time I checked the walls of Jericho stood strong for many many years but the people of God began to march and they begin to worship and it was through their worship that a sound was unleashed and the walls came crashing down I'm not gonna Who's waiting on who? Who's waiting on who? God, may we be a people. May we be a people who... You don't have to wait for worship from who? I can't tell you the future. I can close my eyes and cast vision. I don't know how it's all gonna go. I don't know the outcome of my father. I don't know how to lead all these locations. Hey Rich, what service times are you preaching at? Are you really asking that question right now? I don't know. But I know enough about God that I'm gonna worship him in spite and despite, and he will work it out. Who's waiting on who? Who's waiting on who? It's not just worship, we're called to. God should never have to wait, if you're a follower of him, for you to serve. Never, never. We serve, it's not a thing I do once a month and I love my city, it's my identity as a Christ follower. Jesus taught me that I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. That if you're too big to serve, you are too small to lead in the kingdom of God, it's how it works. It's how it works and what a great invitation. Maybe you're here today and you're empty handed but you love what God is doing here, then serve at a bare minimum. Give of your time, give of your talents. Whew. Do you understand how many talented people go to Voo Church? It's crazy! It's crazy. Teachers and doctors and lawyers and creatives and artists. It's amazing the group of people that God has formed and fashioned for this hour. But we gotta serve. If you're in a waiting season, do what waiters do: serve. Some of y'all missed it. It's okay. (laughs) If you're in a waiting season, do what waiters do, they serve. What are you guys going to be having tonight? Can I take your order? Hey, let's get you seated right here. Yep, great. Here's what's on the menu tonight. You can serve. You're a waiter. I think about David, 13 years he waited. It's a beautiful story. He gets anointed as a shepherd boy. I preached all through it back in May. But man his head is dripping with oil he doesn't enter into the palace instead he goes back out into the pasture and he's looking after his daddy's sheep he's anointed to be a king he's got a promise and a vision of being a king but he's back at the regular mundane ordinary thing of looking after sheep why is it Could it be that God is preparing him and training him, saying, if you can watch your father's sheep, I can trust you watching over my sheep, which is Israel. Keep on waiting and serve. (laughs) Serving is action. Serving is putting your weight down. That's so beautiful because God doesn't need us. I'm going to keep... Towards the end of the year, I want to keep saying, We are not the heroes, Vu. Yeah. Right. I got so many great texts last week. Thank you for your encouragement. I can't explain to you how much that means to me that you're praying for me. Thank you for loving me. I, I, I sense it all. But I want to make sure I'm up on this platform that you hear me and you can spread the word. I don't think I'm great and I don't think that I'm good and I don't think that I'm noble. I'm certainly not the hero. I'm a shepherd, I'm just a dude. Going, God, if you could use anything, you can use me. And I'm just serving day in and out, just trying to put my weight down. I know it's not this way anymore, but when I was a little boy, you would go to like the supermarket and there would be those automatic doors and you would walk up to the door. But back in the day, there was a sensor and it was about your weight, W-E-I-G-H-T. You had to put your weight down. But many times I was too little. And because I was too little, I would stand right there, but the doors, they wouldn't open. So as I was standing there, all of a sudden behind me, came the presence of my father and when I put my weight down in front of the doors then my dad came and he put his weight down and before you know it the doors begin to open when we start to serve we're collaborating with God we put our weight down but then all of heaven shows up and says I got your back I'm going to put my weight down with you you want to know why doors are opening up it's because there's hundreds of men and women that are showing up week in and week out and saying I'm going to put my weight down and I'm going to serve who's waiting on who Who's waiting on who? Who's waiting on who? God, you don't... You ain't gotta wait on me. I'll wait on you. There's a blessing in that, but I know you are waiting to be gracious to me. You are waiting to show mercy to me. You're waiting to see if I'll wait on you, and God, I will wait on you because I know you're getting me stronger for something. You're getting me stronger for more. I don't just want stamina. I want strength. I don't just want a good intention. I want to last to the finish line. We worship, we serve, and lastly, God should never have to wait on you to give. Simple. Should never have to wait on you to give. Last week, Dontree said, Rich, when your nose starts running like that and you get emotional, quit using your hands. Grab a towel. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I get a little unhinged up here. Just, We love you, Rich, just quit. It's disgusting, and it's also spreading germs, okay. We give, we give, for God so loved the world. You see that? He so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. Why did he give his son? Because he wants his kids back. We define slowness in another way. He's not slow in keeping his promise in the way that we define slowness. God, when are you coming back, bro? It just seems so slow. And God's like, no, 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 You think I'm being slow. I'm actually being patient You see, I gave the ultimate price. I gave my son. And as I made that deposit into the earth, I want a good return on that investment. I want more to come into my house. I want more to spend eternity with me. Well, Rich, why doesn't God just make everybody love him? Because that wouldn't be love. We would then be robots. Enter the AI commentary (laughs) No, we're human beings with free will and a choice and a decision. And he says, I love you. I love you so much that I'll go first. I love you so much that I'll send my son. I'll love you so much that I will give that whosoever might believe in him will have everlasting life. And today as we give, I want you to be excited about the projects and I want you to be excited about where we're heading into. I want you to be excited about the services and the pastors that are growing and the leaders that are emerging. I want you to be excited about the presence of God that is here. But I want us to most be excited about that as I give today, I'm giving, reflecting the nature of God that we might see the whosoevers of Miami come home. And I love our church. I normally wouldn't share something like this, but I was so moved by it. About five weeks ago, we we began our, our, our vision collection. It's how we end the year and we have a Vision Sunday, which many of you were there, where I introduced this concept of just wait, just wait. And it was followed by our bricklayer galas. that we, we invite people to come in that are sewing into the house financially, and it's a really a fun night, but also I cast some vision and just try to speak to them, man to man, man to woman, just, hey, this is where we're headed. And it was interesting because the first gala was on a Wednesday night, but I got a call from, to my office maybe 10 days before that their, uh was a woman, her name is Ann Wayno, and Ann has been a part of our church from really 2015, back at the JDD days. She's served in lots of different teams. One of the areas that she really helped tremendously was our environments team. She would show up early in the morning at JDD, and she would help put the place together, and she's just been faithful. In fact, there's a lot of encouraging people at VU Church. I might go out on a limb here and say that Ann is the most encouraging. I would say twice a month she sends me some crazy big text, Pastor Rich, that was the best sermon I've ever heard. I'm like, and keep lying because it's helping me a lot, you know. But she's just consistent, and she's faithful. And she's testified about it before at our church, so I don't think she would mind me telling you, but she went through a difficult time. Painful divorce, serious loss, confusion, uncertainty. In all of that confusion and uncertainty, she just stayed planted. She decided that she would wait a while, that in the midst of her confusion and in the midst of the chaos swirling around her life, she said, the one thing I do know is I'm gonna raise my little girl in God's house. And a few years ago, God began to give her a vision for her own interior design firm. Now, Anne is just different. She just thinks different, she behaves different. She walks into a room, she changes the atmosphere. And she was at an event a couple of years ago at a business seminar. And the speaker was saying, put a bucket list together of things that you would love to do. And this is how crazy this woman is. I'm not even advising this to you or suggesting this. This is just her testimony. At the top of her bucket list, she said, I want to give Voo Church $100,000. Now, when she wrote this down, it was crazy because she was just beginning her business. There wasn't that type of income. But last year in the bricklayer's offering, she took a massive step of faith and she gave, this is crazy, she gave $30,000. But at the gala last year, I was describing and casting vision about what men and women have done sacrificially and how you see the things that are happening around us. It's come not just through prayer, it's come from people going, you know what? I'm not just going to pray, I'm going to actually pay. I'm going to be a part of seeing this miracle can continue. So she had written it down and last year as she gave her offering, she said, Lord, I would love to give more next year. And somehow, by an act of God's grace, he began to bless her business. And so, 10 days before the Wednesday gala, she called the office and said, Is there any chance that Rich could stop by with Don Cherie? We would like to take a moment and have them come to our company um, annual kind of retreat day. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought I was going there to like give a devotion. I was like, oh, they need me to kind of give some leadership. Yeah, I can do that, you know. Here's four things. And here, you know, like, so I'm kind of walking in like, I don't really know what I'm going to. I just love Anne. If she invites me anywhere, I want to be there. So I'm kind of like, you know, here we go. I'm going I'm to help this young company. I'm going to really cast some vision to this young company. I'm going to teach this company how to really get going, you know. And I sit down, and she's got about 10 of her employees there. and They have two chairs. I've just never seen this. This is just, this is generosity in motion. She went around the circle and just began to describe how Voo Church has shaped her life, but also shaped the culture of her company. She started talking about the values of Voo Church, and she said, when we started doing our business values, I just wanted to take all of Voo Church's values, because they're my values. And different people in the company began to just describe what this community has meant to them. I haven't said a word, I'm just sitting there, and at the very end of it, she goes, and so on behalf of our company, we wanted to do something that is a dream come true for us, and she handed me an envelope, and inside the envelope was a check for $100,000 to root church. I think we got a picture of Anne and the team. Is it up there? This is Anne. I just tell that story, not to manipulate or cause compulsion, but rather to tell you a story of one person in this room who is just like you, who sits in the seats, who's been coming faithfully for eight years, who has gone through real valleys, but somehow in the waiting, she never quit waiting on God. And God has begun to bless her immensely. And as he's blessed her, she's recognized, for me, it's better to give than it is to receive. Today, what I believe is that as we give, your giving doesn't get you to heaven. But what you're giving does is it makes it possible for other people to get to heaven. And you can't talk about this idea of who's waiting on who without thinking about the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. Two boys growing up in a dad's house, both lost. One doesn't think he's lost, one knows that he's lost. One's in the house but doesn't have a heart for the house. I wonder how many people come to our church that show up every week, but your heart is far from what God is doing here. Your heart is far from the father. The younger boy, we know his story. He asks for his dad for his inheritance and he takes it and he squanders it on wild living. And when he's there in a pig pen, the Bible says he comes to his senses and he says, I ought to go back to my father's house. And as he starts making his way home, the Bible says this in verse 20. So he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. And was filled with compassion for him he ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him you know what that's a picture of that's a picture of a father who's waiting for his boy to come home who's waiting on who i don't know what your week has looked like i don't know what your years look like i don't know what your life has looked like but if you are far from god today if you have never let the Father wrap you up in his arms and throw his robe on you and put his ring on your finger and sandals on your feet. The scripture goes on to say that he kills a fattened calf and right away there's no repentance speech. There's no long moment. He says, let's throw a party because the son who I thought was lost is actually found. The son who was dead turns out to be alive. I want to encourage you that if you're far from God, all it takes is one turn towards yeah. the Father. And as you turn towards the Father, the Father runs towards you. He's been waiting on you. And after we give today, and after we sow today, what we're doing is we're sowing that that message, that that gospel, that that good news will be preached. Come hell or high water, I don't care how many locations, I don't care how many services, we're going to get up and we're going to stand at our post and we're going to play our part saying God is waiting on you. Come home. Come home, come home, come home. Because he's for you and he loves you and he has a plan for your life. Come home, my child. He's been waiting on you. Would you bow your heads, across all of our locations, whatever space you're in. Before we give today, I wanted us to take a moment, a reverent moment, because regardless of what comes in in the offering, I'll tell you what, we're going to show back up here next Sunday, and we're going to worship God, we're going to serve God, and we're going to give again. But I think that this day could be a life-changing day for somebody as their life is transformed by the power of the gospel. God loves you. He's generous towards you before you could ever be generous back to him. You can't pay for a blessing. You can't pay for salvation, you simply receive it. And if you're watching online, if you're at the city, if you're there at Design District right here at SoMe, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I wanna give you that chance right now to come home, to come to your senses. The Father's waiting for you. He sees you in the distance and he loves you, my friend. He loves you. Yet to all who receive him and believe in his name, he gave them the right to be called children of God your head bowed and your eyes closed. If that's you on the count of three, would you be bold? Would you lift your hand up high enough and long enough just so I can see it? I wanna include you in this prayer of salvation. Hands are already starting to go up. I sense the presence of God here. It's not a message of condemnation, it is one of conviction that he's drawing you in, he's wooing you in. Ready, one, the Bible says today is that day. Two, don't look at your neighbor, it's not about your neighbor, it's between you and Jesus. Ready, one, two, three, if that's you, lift up your hand. If that's you, lift up your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Believe it's happening all over the internet. Believe it's happening at our locations. You can put your hands down. Church, right there at your seat. Mind just lifting your hands right there in a posture you receive? Just pray this prayer out loud with me. Say, Dear Jesus, today, Lord, I ask that you would forgive me, that you'd come into my life, that you'd be the Lord of my life. Today, I'm giving you all of me. I repent, I turn towards you. Change me from the inside out. God, I wanna be a person that waits on you. But God, I want to be a person that you don't have to wait on. I give you my life, Jesus. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Come on, across all of our locations, can we thank God today? Hallelujah. Right here at South Miami, so many hands going up and I trust it's happening at our lovely locations as well. If you raise your hand on the way out of service, the next 10 or 15 minutes or so, there's a little connect card. We'd ask that you take it. Check off, I decided to follow Jesus. Turn it into the white tent and we will put a Bible in your hand. It's our gift from us to you, believing that this will make all the difference in your life. Today, as we've been saying, um, it is Bricklayer's Offering Sunday. And there at your chair, there is this little offering envelope that we started handing out five weeks ago. Maybe reach for it, whether you're using it or not. Maybe just reach for it and hold it in your hand. Today is more than money being released. It's seed being put into the ground. And it's quite an act of worship. It's an act of service. And it certainly is an act of generosity. And today I'm believing for a miracle. We need a miracle. In our personal life, I need my Father to be healed. I'd ask today that... As we give, can we collectively, I've never asked this before, can we just collectively put that in our heart? I preached about blind Bartimaeus not too long ago and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? I think whenever you have an act of faith, it's not wrong to attach it to a desire that's in your heart. The reason why God asked us to ask him for miracles, it's so that when it happens, ooh, I'm gonna preach this. When it happens, you will know who to give credit to. I keep asking God, because when it happens, I don't wanna say, oh, it's the stars. Oh, karma, what? You don't believe in karma, you believe in grace. You don't want no karma, dog. (laughs) Don't bring that new age stuff into the gospel, to the good news. Must be the vibes, ain't no vibes, bro. I ask, and then when he does it, I know exactly where my help came from. So as you give today, as you give today, as you sow a seed, what's in your heart? I know you see the vision for our church, our corporate body, but you are a part of the individual body. What's the thing that you need him to do in your life? It's not superstition, it's not legalism, he's not a slot machine. We're just going, God, I'm exercising my faith. And as I give today, I'm believing that you're going to bring about a miracle. And for me, I'm committed to trying to be as vulnerable as I possibly can. None of this is the timing that I would have chosen. But I have to believe that my good heavenly Father, who has put me in a weight room for 16 years here in Miami, who's been watching me train, says, Rich, you don't just have stamina for this. You got the strength for this. And I have to believe, this is how good God is, that he doesn't just confirm it with the word from the Lord, but he's let my earthly father know. Rich, after 25 years of serving a city, I choose you. I pick you. You don't just have the stamina. I believe you have the strength. And so while it might not be my timing, I will wait on the Lord. God, you're not going to have to wait for me to worship you. You ain't going to have to wait for me to serve you. And you're not going to have to wait for me to be generous towards you. Today, I want you to see a little bit of a video presentation. And then we wrote a song, myself and Caroline, and my friend Tommy called, I want to know you. And we're not going to give until we start to sing the song. But as we give today, let's do so with an act of worship. God, we want to know you. We want to see you. As we finish giving, Don and I will come up and we will dismiss all of our locations together. We're staying on the link for all of it. And so that we can bless each and every one of you on the way out of here. God bless you as you prepare to give. God bless you as you ask God what you should give. Hey, okay, come on church, let's go ahead and give God a big round of applause. All three locations standing together now. In January, we will be four locations. How good is God? We trust you, Lord, we wait on you. And- Right there at your seat today, as people have given generously, we believe it's an act of worship. I'm gonna ask now across all of our locations that we just bow our heads for when we close our eyes. I'm gonna ask for Don Tree to pray over this offering before I bless all of us out of here. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity, God, to respond to your grace, to your love,
0: your faithfulness, your patience, your compassion towards us, and God, We see through the lens of faith what you wanna do in our city and around the world. And God, your eyes search to and fro across the earth, Lord, for men and women, Lord, that you can entrust. And God, we put our hands up and we say, Lord, if you can use anything, use us. Yes, Lord. Lord, brick by brick, day by day, this is your story. And God, I thank you that you are building your kingdom. And so as seed is released, Lord. Lord, let it grow deep roots. Let it grow high, Lord, for generations to come, Lord, a standard for your glory. We see it, we believe it, and we thank you, Lord, for inviting us to be a part. In Jesus' name, we pray. Come on, and everybody said, amen, amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Thank you for being a part of our community. Week in and week out, we move forward in strength, because of the generosity of many faithful individuals who've chosen to invest and plant a seed of faith. The annual Bricklayer's offering is an opportunity for us to take a step of faith and accelerate the vision. To learn more and participate, visit vuchurchcom give.